When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash, and I am floating back down to earth after being swept up in a tornado of news, tweets, and hot takes, courtesy of one Anthony Davis, who today informed the Pelicans he does not wish to sign a contract extension and has therefore requested a trade. Joining us after a very brief hiatus, we like to rest our starters here on the show. It is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how are things? Wonderful, man. I was doing the I was doing the tactical Kyrie sit with a slight slight inconvenience but I'm back now and uh, there was actually a game today I, I almost forgot <laughs> so I'll have to touch on that at some st- yeah yeah apparently no apparently they were in town but um yeah yeah no uh, a big day of, of uh, news can't wait to get stuck into it into yeah. all the depths it's good to have the you brow. back man thank you and of course from across the ditch in Middle Earth over there in New Zealand it is Joe aka Nose Gross McFly welcome Joe Hey, mate, it's good to be here. Um, I'm sweltering. Um, I just want to say, Ben, I think that was maybe your best intro yet. I think you're getting really good at these, bro. Yeah, here, here. Very professional, very tight. I front load the energy and just kind of back off from there. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing doing great. You're doing great, Ben. Hey, Ben, how many listeners did we have, Ben? We've lost count. I mean, who really knows (laughs) at this point? Yeah, defies (laughs) metrics. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, look, lots to discuss tonight, obviously. Um, there was actually a Celtics game today, as, as Jackson referred to a moment ago, believe it or not, and we will get to that. But first, much earlier today, a, a devastating Woj bomb. Naturally, Celtics fans everywhere felt the shockwave of said Woj bomb. Given the Celtics have been linked to Anthony Davis for a while now, uh, guys, as the dust settles, how are we feeling about all of this? Whenever the the news breaks, it's always an exciting day. There's always like, oh shit, here it happened. It, it's happened, and it's you can just see the media free for all that's happened because like this has been in the works for a long, long time. And I think everyone kind of had like the little break break in case AD demands trade request button or little case, and the button gets pressed, and then all, all the tweets and all, everything comes out. Um, but there, there was obviously an air of, of inevitability about it, and the thing that's probably been picking up steam the most for the last few months was this is being geared heavily towards a Lakers move. So I'm viewing it through the prism of AD wants out, he's probably going to LA. And when I see little bits and pieces about Boston here and there, I read into it. There's a lot, lot deeper than that and a lot more implications, particularly for the Celtics as well. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm just viewing it almost out as like an outside party, as if it's like we're not even involved at all. And I think that's mainly for my own sanity. But also I think it's, I think he's got to be the favorite to go to, to, to the Lakers, don't you reckon? I don't. Um, no, no okay. not at all. Um, I think, um, I mean, it, it's hard to know how, how deep to get into it, but we'll get to how I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling like for all the excitement today, nothing's actually happened. All that's, all that's happened is, is um, what we thought was going to happen, which is Anthony Davis was going to be traded at some point, has been formalized. Yeah. Like, this is now in stone, he will. 
that's the, that's probably for me the only thing that's honestly changed. Um, yeah, I mean, so how do I feel about that? I actually sort of, I actually feel like, um, I feel like today is, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like today is is just an example of um, of Rich Paul um, trying. Like this is this is kind of they had to make this move when I think about it because. Um, I think this is LA's best shot, so I think they're trying to pressure it to happen now. So I don't think LA's yeah, the fa- obviously. Mean, if you take LA for you know for the next week, is LA the favorite? Sure, yeah. but um, but yeah, not 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 big picture. Of course well, not. yeah, I mean, I, I feel you know whatever about it. I mean, like like you said, nothing happened in the sense that like we sort of always knew that this was going to happen. It was more of a case of um, like when it was going to happen, right? Uh, and so it's it's happened, and I, I I guess the one thing that did actually happen today is that the the clock is now ticking. It, the timer has started for the Lakers to give up the 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 best possible trade offer they can before the deadline occurs, and before the Celtics can get in there after the trade deadline in the off season, right? So what's happened is the the Lakers now have this opportunity that they need to seize if they truly want Anthony Davis. Um, and the Pelicans are, are truly willing to deal with the Lakers, um, that they, they can make this offer and they could potentially lure Anthony Davis to play there with LeBron. So that's that's kind of what, what's happened in, in, in Laker land, I guess. It doesn't really change uh, what's going to happen for the Celtics for the remainder of the season. How do I feel about it? Um, I don't know. Like I, I This is a Celtics fan podcast, right? So uh, we'll get to this a little bit later in terms of who we could potentially offer up for, for Anthony Davis, but I... I'm very emotionally attached to a lot of the pieces that we would need to give up for Anthony Davis. And while we'll try, I almost struggle to think logically about like how that trade mm. would work from a Celtics perspective. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess how I feel at the moment is let's just keep doing what we're doing. We're, we're trying to go for a championship here in the Eastern Conference. Um, let's keep doing that. And you know, if the opportunity's still there in the off season, let's um, let's try and pull the yeah. trigger then if we can do it. Real quick, I guess if you can say how I feel, I mean. Probably that maybe that sense of we're in for another saga, because whether it's it might wrap up in a few days' time, and obviously that's I would prefer that if it's going to happen, get it over and done nice and quick. But the NBA don't work like that, so particularly the NBA these days. These things are protracted for the most part, and if they they're not that long, every moment in them just kind of goes on forever, and everything is scrutinized. So there's that sense of oh shit, here we go. It's going to be like a more of a distraction than the basketball itself, which is case in point that the game happened today, and this is the lead story. So it's just that I feel like. I feel like this is what the next few months are going to be like, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think um, I think you're probably right there, and I, I um, uh, we're probably getting ahead into the the Reddit recap a little bit, but like I'd probably co-sign what what old mate Larry Larbird thirty three said. I think this is it kind of has the potential to cast a little bit of a pall over the over the current season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when we're con- we're going to be viewing everyone's performance, and I mean, we've kind of been doing it a little bit already, but now it's kind of formalised. We're now we're viewing everyone's performance in light of how it affects their trade value, and not as yeah, you know, like it's like all of a sudden we don't become fans of the players, we become fans of their, their, their ability to get us Anthony Davis, and and honestly, I just don't like yeah. living like that as a fan. That I'm much, sure, yeah, you know, some do. I'm sure some do, and I guess in the back of everyone's head to a degree. But I mean, yeah. I, I, it's not like I see them as pieces of meat already yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that, that's probably going to be a thing for a while. And then, you know, either there's two ways it could die down, right? Either um, the Lakers do successfully pull off this trade for Anthony Davis or nothing happens. And as we inch closer and closer towards the playoffs, like our focus 
you know, because of the expectations coming into the season, which we speak about all the time, is going to be honed back towards winning a championship, and we're going to have to, you know, avert our, our gaze at Anthony Davis just for a little bit and focus on what matters for this season. So it does suck now. Like I, I feel that, and I, I feel like the win today was kind of important, right, to sort of yeah. like uplift our spirits totally. a little bit. But um, yeah, that, that's probably just going to be a thing for a while, and it's it's probably going to suck for a while. But that's you know that's life. Um, it's life in the NBA. <laughs> I I think maybe an, an important question to ask, like, I mean, I mean, do we want Anthony Davis? Like, do we want Anthony Davis? Um, of course you want a player of Anthony Davis's caliber on your team. Of course you'd probably want Anthony Davis specifically on your team. Um, but I I don't know. I honestly don't know um, how much better is he going to make us minus all the pieces that we'd have to give up for him. It's a completely unknown quantity. Um, you're relying on him being healthy. You're relying on, you know, the the system or whatever we're going to adapt to. Cause it's not going to look like what we're playing now. It's going to be different, I'm sure. Um, I don't know if I want to go through that. But at the same time, there's definitely that FOMO of Anthony Davis and LeBron being together and then them signing a, a max player next year. And there's the Warriors too. And, you know... Do you want to be that? We, not though I think we would actually be that super team per se, but we would be in the upper echelon, and you know, there's a lot of pluses and minuses coming with that. So it's just it's a little bit overwhelming at the moment, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I don't know if I want him or not. Yeah, sorry, I I definitely hear you with the overwhelming side of things. I mean that that and that's the question, you know, and, and hopefully we're lucky enough to like be able to answer it. Hopefully, sort of maybe nothing happens with AD, you know, leading up into the trade deadline, and we have that luxury, but. The, I guess the the um like to add something to your question there, Joe is, do we want Anthony Davis and you know at what cost, right? Because obviously you want Anthony Davis on your team. He's a great player. He's you know arguably a top five, top three player in the league at the moment. As Zach Lowe was saying on his podcast uh, earlier today that this is in the tier of the the Kareem and Wilt trades that have happened, you know, in in NBA history. Of course, he won Anthony Davis. Like he's really fucking good. Like yes, but like, do we have to give up Jason Tatum? Do we have to give up all of our picks? Do we have to give up the like the war chest of players that would supplement the presence of Anthony Davis and make him part of a contending team? Like, at what point are we taking too much away from the team, whereby adding Anthony Davis would not really be that much of a plus in value? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, I. I, I I think that is the follow up question for sure, but for for me, you know, I I'm probably repeating myself, so I'm sorry, but um, I just like I keep the more the season goes through, and because we're podcasting a lot, I find myself thinking about thinking about like a lot of meta like things, you know, like meta fandom type things, and it's becoming more and more um like obvious to me that we we root for stories man we root for narratives and and anthony davis is a fabulous player like i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not like if we drafted him of course you want him you know what i mean but i don't know that i like the story i don't know like i don't know that i like participating in this this filth bro like you know like this is (laughs) (laughs) yeah you Uh, know no i I hear i'm not yeah like i this is this is this is the crazy irrational maybe mystical side of me but man like i don't know that we sh- gordon haywood's supposed to be in boston you know like i just i <laughs> oh he's blaming it on i'm not haywood. blaming it on haywood i'm not i'm just using <laughs> another it as an one and, <laughs> it's, joking, and, it's, and, it's, and it's a totally different killer fish with it with a, a bona fide free agent walking you know um 
I don't like this. I don't like this business with LeBron and clutch sports. And I've got some words for LeBron later on. But um, but <laughs> I I just I just I would love for us to actually be above the fray here. Um, I'm not opposed to some like pretty cold-hearted trades. Um, but I sort of feel like if we trade for Anthony Davis from you know from another franchise under duress, it doesn't feel like a win, right? Like it doesn't feel like as a as 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 fans we've got to win in the same way that like the Brooklyn trade sucked. But I'm totally on board with that as a fan, right? Like we our we cheer for the Boston Celtics, and the Boston Celtics won that trade. You know, um, mm. um, it's it's good management. It's you know. We saw an opportunity, and we, you know, we exacted the surplus out of it. Do Do, do you see any parallels between this though and the, and the KG trade yeah, from the Minnesota? I do, and and it's kind of made yeah. me retrospectively like a little uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, like because I was all on board with the <laughs> <Yeah>. KG trade, <laughs> um, and I'd have to go back and like pass the particulars yeah. of that a little more, but but yeah. I guess you change. It's been 11 years since that trade. Oh, 12. So, yeah, obviously your, your perspective is going to change it over time. But, um, and Garnett was yeah, a great no, interesting, Celtic. Interesting parallels. Grant, Garnett was a great Celtic. He was a little deeper into his career. There's some, you know, there's some things that, um, m- that distinguish his case slightly. But, look, point taken. Like, it, it's, it's, still, it's still got a little bit of the, you know, at the time I was all for it, man. I was like, yeah, we've got to get KG. Um, and now I'd, I, like, I think I'd probably be a little less hesitant, not because I don't think it'll make us a better team. Like, it's not like, I guess also the team we were when we traded for Garnett versus the team we are now trading for a caliber as well too. We are not, we we don't need him per se. Like, yeah, I think there's, that's probably a key difference as well. Totally. Like Al Jefferson. Yeah. Like I, I still think that trade like gets panned a little bit too much by jealous people a little bit, you know, like Al Jefferson was a Mm. real prospect. Like people have to remember how Mm -hmm. freaking good he was at the time. Um, uh, But Al Jefferson hadn't accomplished what Tatum had, you know, like Al Jefferson had, had three seasons of success of success, three seasons of successive growth. Um, But he, you know, like he hadn't, he hadn't done what Tatum had done on a big stage, you know? Um, Yeah. And I feel a little more invested in this group, yeah, than than I do in the 07 one because that 07 season was actually pretty awful, eh? Like we're talking about how few bad seasons we've had, <laughs> yes. and it's probably like yes. 07 and 2013 were probably the only crap seasons. Like uh, 2004 was actually pretty rubbish too. But um, yeah, I mean, and even 2013 14 was good. Yeah. it was like okay, like Marcus Smart. I think maybe Kelly yeah. Olynyk was on board as well. Yep. And it was like Brad's Seller. first year in office, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, like, there were some spicy prospects, which is you know sometimes as fun as, as cheering for a contending team. On the on the KG comparison, like that's probably the closest thing that is like close to Celtics fans' hearts. But it's almost like you know putting together a trade for MVP level KG mm. in 04, yeah. right? Like it's, it's different. It's spicier. It it's, it's heavier. We have to give up more if we want to get that level of, you know, that caliber of talent. AD is, you know, 25 years old or something. It's, um, that's a huge get for Boston and you know, we, we have to cough up the goods in order to get it. Um, Analytically, so, it's not, it's not actually that difficult a decision, right? Like if, if it's just straight basketball fit talent wise, like it's, it's, I've got some questions about Davis, like, I have a little bit of sympathy for the Bill Simmons. Are we sure he elevates the team that 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 much? You know, um, yeah, I, we don't know. We don't, don't know, do but we? Probably he does. You know, it's not like Anthony Davis is 
like he's had a better career than Carmelo Anthony. You know, like he's he's you know he's yeah. he's, he's he's for real. He is for real. It's um yeah. I'm not trying to yeah I'm not trying to hold on to our guys in the sense I I don't think I don't think that it's not going to be a massive upgrade. Um yeah. So is it worth the cost? I, yeah. It's just for me feelings wise getting the feelings out of the way. I'm like this this makes makes me feel a little mucky, a little soiled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I hear you there. So we're talking about is it is it worth the cost for Anthony Davis? So like, what are some ideas as to what the cost could be, right? And you know, longtime Reddit user Danger Cart, also known as Ryan Bernardoni, posted Mike a number Ambrose. of options on yeah. Welcome to come on anytime, yeah. Ryan. By the way, um, truth or consequence, Ryan Bernardoni, say yeah. it aloud. <laughs> So he made a couple of tweets today, um, so basically proposing a number of options of, of, of how this, this trade could work. So I'm going to read through them now, and, and guys, feel free to stop me at any point to, to interject. So Danger Cart's option one, Horford, knowing that he is part of a deal, agrees to opt in. Best result for all parties would be he goes to third team who send an expiring contract plus additional value, in brackets, a young player or a pick, to New Orleans. Boston eats salary, Hill's final year uh, as part of value to New Orleans. Does that make sense? That that probably seems like the lowest, I don't know, impact to Boston uh, trade situation that could happen. It's straightforward, but yeah, I mean, am I missing something? Like, is it just us trading Al Horford, a young player in a pick, and getting Solomon Hill? There's a third team involved here. Yeah, I mean, while it's the the lowest impact on on Boston, it's certainly yeah. uh, the the least enticing for uh, for New Orleans. I don't see I don't see any trade going through whatsoever that doesn't include either uh, Tatum, Brown, or Smart. Two of those three and picks, obviously. So I don't yeah. know about that one. Yeah, well, let, let's get to the next one then. Option two: Haywood plays well enough to be seen as a positive value contract and is used in place of Horford with the rest of the option one as is at the moment. Haywood is likely not viewed as positive value, and in brackets, it, it's not anyone's fault he got injured, but he did. Don't yell at me, says Ryan Bernardoni. Um, so th- these these top two options, I guess, are like mathematically they check out, right? But you're not really dangling like the blue chipper young prospects that that. Nola are going to need, you know, New Orleans are going to need rather to uh, to to pull the trigger on their end. It's it's funny though, like, because we need lots of bodies to make the salaries work right. If we don't include one of Horford or Hayward, and um, you know, when you start getting down to option three and four, you know, like it does sort of start to like that depth thing can become a problem all of a sudden. You know, like we can turn from a team like you always, you actually always do need some depth. And I'm not saying I wouldn't do it if push come to shove, um, but I don't know that it's going to be ne- like. I think, um, I think Hayward is going to be tradable. So um, even though, like, I've kind of panned his, you know, I've sort of said, been on record on with Bernardoni's negative value contract, probably. Um, I, I still think he can be included in part of that trade. Be- the reason being is the value, right? Um, I, I think Danger Cart had this somewhere else. Like the value, the future value is going to be like Tatum plus picks or whatever, right? You know, um, that's the value. And then, and then sort of Hayward's going to be the freight. And I don't know that he's that bad, yeah. you know, for them. Like, like something's got to, to, to go through. And we could take back the Solomon Hill. I'd have to check out the salaries on that. But I, I imagine just some quick back of the envelope maths. Um, Solomon Hill's like ten million a year. Anthony Davis is twenty right now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So that's thirty-one. Haywood's thirty. Tatum, if you added Tatum on there, Tatum's like eight, right? So that'd be thirty-eight. It's got to be within seventy-five percent. So that would actually work maths-wise, plus a draft pick, you know. 
Amazing uh, quick draw on the maths there, Joe. That was well, incredible. Let, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Celtics read it. Please check my maths. Um, I'm sure they will. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you how much Solomon Hill was making this I, year. I think he signed like a four-year. <laughs> put a gun to my head. I'd be like, I don't know. I think he did one of those Six. like four-year, forty-four type scenarios um, from memory. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a bad contract, yeah. and, and so you know what you're saying, like Tatum being the value and picks, and then and then Hayward being the freight. Like that's. That's how you make that work, and then you take back that Solomon Hill contract in in return, right? Yeah, totally. Now, like I like I think that Hayward's probably like like you know my guess is that man he I'm guessing he's not going to get back, but I'm, I'm I can't be certain, can I? You know, and um and I hope he doesn't. Like I hope he's awesome, you know, and I, I you know I can imagine New Orleans talking themselves into something like, well, hey, Hayward could get back, and. You got to remember, by the summer, he's only got two years on his contract, right? Which means that he's yeah. got one yeah. year, right, where he might be good or he might not, and then all of a sudden he's an expiring. Like these short contracts are, are way yeah. less onerous than people think they are, you know? Because like, like this is the Kyle Lowry totally. thing. I think Kyle Lowry's got a great contract. Anyway, mm. yeah, and I I think Hayward may perform better for a, a team that's not in trying to win now and is a smaller market and less spotlight as well. Yeah. So that might be about 80s development too. So yeah. Could be a quick point on the Hayward stuff. I know he's been a little shit lately. Uh, the dude, you know, he, he just had a baby, right? His wife just had a baby. Can't be getting a lot of sleep. Uh, I'd imagine um, any any one of us would be performing uh, terribly at work as a result of having a newborn enter the household. So he makes a lot more money than me. So you know, I'm not making excuses for the guy. Like he, he should be able to step up and continue to do, continue to do his job. But um, like a slight regression, a, a very very steep regression in um in what has otherwise been, you know, a guy heading in the right direction, I think um, could be attributed to the fact that you know, his family's just had a baby. But who knows? I want to get through the rest of these options very quickly. Option three, include Marcus Smart in a straightforward Smart plus Tatum plus the remaining collection of pieces needed to make everyone happy. And this is maybe the first yeah. one that Danger Carter suggested that I think could, could legitimately work. Smart and Tatum, like, you know you're losing Anthony Davis, right? And all of a sudden you get two of Boston's, like, best prospects. Smart is well established at this point since signing his new contract and Tatum is well on his way and you're getting you know almost all of our picks you're assuming there um, at least all of our good first round picks that's a that's a huge get for New Orleans um, they've got some two good players to plug in straight away and they've got some picks down the line and you go up Anthony Davis is leaving anyway so I would from a Boston standpoint I hate to give up those guys for Anthony Davis but I think that's the sort of caliber of package we're going to need to put together to to achieve it I honestly only think we have the edge of other teams trading for Anthony Davis in the sense that our payload, if we drop it all, if we drop the mother load, everything we've got is going to be better than everyone else's. I think if we try and like limit little bits and pieces, we're only going to get rid of some of this asset here. I think, I think offers can, they can, be, can be more attractive than ours. So I think, we can, I think we can get Davis if we are prepared to give up just about everything other than that. Uh, pff, I, I don't see it happening. And I think this trade here, this smart Tatum plus the picks plus probably someone else is going to be about as close to absolute of a trade as we can make. And I think yeah, that's what they're yeah. going to so, want. So I think, I think you're right there, Jackson. Um, I'd go, I'd, I'd, I'd be even stronger. Um, there's just no way anyone can beat that. And at the end of the day, this trade is going to be ours to make. Like, I'm telling you, it is going to be ours to make. Um, yep. if, if Anthony, New Orleans does not give a shit about sending Anthony Davis to LA. They don't care. If you, Rich Paul, is what they're saying, they don't care. They've got, <laughs> they've got, they've got absolutely no reason, right, to hook Rich Paul up. So here's what's going to happen. 
they're going to take the best deal. All right. Now, the Celtics, like, they're going to get some... Um, I saw a post on, on Reddit today, was pretty lightly commented on, but I, I actually thought there was some truth to it. That the... Um, him, him essentially, like, if, if, if Anthony Davis says, look, I actually, I actually really want to go to LA, and his agents are pushing him to do that, it actually gives the Celtics some leverage in that it means that we can't... We can, can plausibly come back to New Orleans and say, hey, look, we can't actually justify giving up X, right? You know? Um, yeah. You know, we we can give up X minus one. And all that matters is that X minus one is greater than whatever the Lakers have to offer. Because honestly, like all these other teams, like, like why would Anthony, why is he going to go and, and like hook up with Alonzo Trier? You know, like it just doesn't make any sense, man. <laughs> you know, like yeah. why is he going to go to New York and have no Porzingis? Like it just, they got no there's, got there, nobody. There's, there's no one put there's no one putting the Knicks in any trades these days except for the New York media and New York Twitter people like Knicks supporters basically. They got no business being there. It's just they happen to have the most people living totally. in that city I, than I, others. And that's how it gets a bit momentum. The Nets have a way better shot. You know, like the Nets at least have some dudes, you know? Like I'm, mm. I mean, I wouldn't do it. Like like Jared Allen, Jared Allen's and he's pretty good, but you know, like there's a few. At least I've got some bodies to throw in a trade, and that have some people left over afterwards, um, and still have cap space. And importantly, clearly a superior organization run by a Kiwi. Not saying that, um, that there's a causative link there, but there's a massive causative link there. You know, um, and he gets to play. He gets to play with Deluxe Della Vadova, <laughs> otherwise known as Mitch Creek. Mitchy, Mitchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that, that video. Answer. I actually, can, we've got to take a little sidebar and point people towards the video. I think you retweeted it, um, Ben, of Mitch Mitchy getting his call up for the squad. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was good feels, right? A nice, uh, good vibes video. Oh, it was, it was actually awesome. You know, like I felt like a little kid watching that because I could totally, totally put myself in the shoes of like. This guy's such an outsider, you know, and he's blooming cracked his dream, you know. I just thought it was like that. There is actually in real life, there's actually as cool as winning the championship. It actually is. Um, yeah, and he looked competent on the court mm. today. Like obviously, you know, he was a rotation player. He's certainly not, you know, in their their top five. But like he was good. He had a couple of good strong takes to the to the bucket. I guess we'll get to the Nets game a little bit later. But um, yeah, shout out to the Aussie Mitch yeah. Creek. Like he's he's in the NBA. Yeah, He's it's bowling. cool. Look up that video, people. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can find it on our uh, Twitter account, as you said, Joe, at CelticGradipod. Go check it out. Follow us. Avail um, yourselves. <laughs> please do. Now, let's get back to this AD stuff. We're going to get to the Nets game a little bit later. Regarding the rest of the Danger Cart, um, like Celtics package scenarios, go check out his, his Twitter feed. They're all there. Um, he's got like screenshots of Excel spreadsheets. It's very, it's very dense. It's very complicated, but it does give a good outlook as to all the possible scenarios in terms of like what mat- mathematically checks out and what might check out in terms of dangling the you know appropriate caliber of a blue chipper or, or whatever it may be, young talent in front of New Orleans to to lure Anthony Davis that way. So um, sort of it covers everything from that standpoint. And I know he's a he's a long time Celtic redditor, so well worth checking out. The Lakers, however for the next 10 days or so. We've got to talk about this because they're in the driver's seat, at least for now, right? It's about 10 days left uh, until the until the trade deadline. Like, what could they offer? I, I think they, yeah. they've got to... <laughs> they've basically got to offer everything, right? And this is like a spicy... 
Like I, similar to the Brooklyn Nets situation, like this could work out well in favor of Boston mm. if if LA have to give up absolutely everything to get Anthony Davis. So, so when this announcement happened today, there was it probably even though it was there was an, an, an air of inevitability about it. I'll bet you we obviously know that Rich Paul knew it was happening. So I'm pretty sure that LeBron James knew it was happening. I'm pretty sure that means Magic Johnson knew it was happening. And if they knew about it, then chances are they knew about this well beforehand. So if they've, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got a trade package ready to go right now that they're going to try their best to sort of strong arm New Orleans into do as best as they can do because they really hold the cards now. You know, free of you know, if you take out any sort of influence and whatnot into that. So look, I imagine Lakers' best package would be something like Ball, Kuzma, Hart, Ingram whatever, any combination of those players, somewhere like that, and I'm not intimately familiar enough with their cap scenario, what to see if that's workable, but I, I wonder if they're going to be realistic enough to think that that's going to work now. I think they're just trying to go in, trying to test the waters, maybe try and pull off something now that they can get before Boston can come in, but like we said earlier, like it's new, in New Orleans' best interest to have the widest market possible to deal from and if Boston's going to be absent from that that's a significant player so as far as Lakers being the favorite destination for him to go I believe it I think if Rich Paul announced this and Rich Paul's connections to the Lakers then there's obviously some sort of collusion or some sort of influence or some sort of you know hints that they're giving Anthony Davis to direct him towards LA and I think that'll ultimately will win out but whatever package they can throw together now, I don't believe he's being on a new. He's going to be on a new team at the end of the trade deadline. So, uh, so you think he's going to be on a new team at the end of the trade deadline? No, I don't believe he will be. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. So, any first of all, deal with what the Lakers could offer or will offer. They'll offer the lot, and they have to because the kids aren't that great. Like, they're they're just all right, you know. Like, I actually think. I Look at him without LeBron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not yeah, not amazing. They're just, yeah, they're just they're all meh. And like this is just another reason why I just like ugh, flipping Lakers, man. Honestly, what a bunch of dreamers, eh? Like what <laughs> Anthony Davis? Like why do you want to entrust your prime to a bumbling organization like the Lakers? Sure. Like why do 100%. these guys? What do these guys want to go to the Knicks and want to go to the Lakers? It just pisses me off so much. I'm I'm gonna get on a rant here, but like, there's Unleash. a reason. Unleash Joe, man. Like, there's a flipping reason, right? Why LeBron left Cleveland in the first place, right? Oh, crap! Organization goes to the Heat. Good organization. Fair enough. Okay. Wins titles. Yeah. Wins titles. Mm-hmm. Goes to the Lakers. Oh, let's sign Rajon Rondo, Javale McGee, Lance Stevenson. The team will be great. Beasley, like, yeah. <laughs> Beasley, yeah. I mean, although one of my favorite fellows reckons Beasley should be playing more and he's all right. But, like, yeah. clearly this isn't going to work. Like, they're not a good team. Even with LeBron out there, they're quite average. And um, that's because they're a shite organization. They just are. Like, they, they've been crap ever since, ever, like, truly, they've been crap ever since Kobe fell off his prime, right? That yeah. Dwight Howard trade was terrible. That, that two-year 80 million contract was absolutely absurd. It was so funny when they did it. Because <laughs> yeah. you knew yeah. it was happening. You knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to be shit. And yeah, you know, you're 100% right, Joe. I, and I, they, it's just a crap organization. They whiff on draft picks, right? And if they yeah. do get good ones, they get rid of them. Like Randall, Julius Randall and D'Angelo Russell are playing at least the level that their current guys are, right? Like they mm. just... They just suck, and I, I just reckon, hate do, seeing the reward. Do you honestly do you think if they if they had been more competent, they probably would have either a PG thirteen, sorry PG thirteen, 
they'd have a, a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard now. I think they would. I think they would have at least one of them. But for whatever circumstances, how they approached it, it didn't work. I remember what was it? What was was it? The Lamarcus Aldridge that did the the went to the pitch meeting there before he went to San Antonio, and he said it was like laughable how bad it was or how yeah, like uninterested yeah. they were. They, had, like that. they gave him yeah. another go. He was like, "Oh, yeah. have another go at the pitch session, guys. I feel bad for you." <laughs> that's right. That's terrible. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's obviously there's a lot of truth in that, Joe. Certainly. And oh. and so Joe, what about the? You know, in addition to how terrible the Lakers are as a franchise post Kobe, obviously, you know, you mentioned LeBron James going there. Now, there's a certain um, sort of media cloud that hovers over LeBron at all times, a bit of a, um, a soap opera drama that follows LeBron around. Um, so I want to hear it because we've, we've edged closer and closer to this sort of LeBron discussion, uh, dare I say, rant. Uh, I, I know you've got some strong feelings about this, Joe. This seems like uh, an appropriate time to to unleash. Right. So uh, let's let's hear it. All right. Hey, Anthony Davis, do you want to be Chris Bosh? You know, <laughs> like, is that the dream? Is that what you want? Because that's what you're gonna get. Because LeBron's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. Oh, that feels so good to say. <laughs> you he see is, Joe's face man. right now. <laughs> it's pure joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I need a cigarette, man. <laughs> like, okay, this this goes back to that LeBron um, documentary where he where he held himself at as being, I think I'm the greatest of all time. LeBron, I've got I've got a little bit of I've got a little bit of questioning, mate. I've got a little bit of I've got a little bit of uh, cross examination of your record here, mate, mate. LeBron, you are not greater than Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is a better basketball player than you were and I say that in the sense like if I wanted to give myself a chance to win as much as possible and be consistently excellent you are better off taking Tim Duncan LeBron literally took an open checkbook signed whatever talent he wanted and went to Miami right and guess what Tim Duncan rolled him once and should have beaten and LeBron really squeaked by him the other time right like at some point you can't you to me like you cannot say that you're greater than Tim Duncan right if you if you've if that's the experience that you've had in a team where you were surrounded with handpicked talent you know and i this is this is my key point that i want to get to okay great players one of the things that really sets apart great players and this is why i think Tim Duncan is great great players allow other players to be great around them and i put curry in that class i think curry has that to him and I think Duncan have, has that to him. And I think it's the most underrated aspect of greatness. Like, I totally understand why people say, look, if you had five LeBrons, that probably would be, like, a, the hardest team to stop out of every, if you could clone five other great players and put them on a team, right? Sure. I get that. But that's not the real world. To me, the real world is you, you have salary cap restrictions, you have a need to develop players, you have all these organizational needs, Right. And they are huge. They weigh massively on your ability to succeed as an organization. And LeBron James is a dickhead who does not allow his organizations to sustain success. He doesn't. He, he just doesn't. And you know what? This is going to, like, this is, go, I'm going on the record right now. The Lakers are actually screwed, in my opinion. Do you know why? Because if they throw the kitchen sink at getting Anthony Davis, they got no bodies left. They got no one left. And guess what? LeBron's getting older. So Anthony Davis, you might be best case scenario playing with LeBron and being Chris Bosh, or you're going to be Anthony Davis, except you've got worse players than you do in New Orleans. So good luck to you. 
go ahead, Rich Paul. Demand <laughs> that he goes to LA. I dare you. Yeah, I, I wow. agree with I agree with most of what you're saying. A- epic rant there, by the way. I um <laughs> I do think that LeBron has done some it has to be said, some good off the court stuff. You know, whether it's done for the optics and, and, and whatnot to, to oh, sort look of at cancel me, out. Look at me, look at me. <laughs> I mean, it, it can't be denied that he's, you know, he's, um, you know, he's involved in charities and all that sort of stuff, but certainly yeah, on the court. You can't deny it because he tells you all about it. <laughs> That's true. <Stick> it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he certainly has ruffled some feathers uh, in during his career. And hot take, and this is never going to happen, but I, I think that the most dangerous potential Lakers team to come out of this is if the Lakers traded LeBron James for AD straight up. I love it. <laughs> right? So good. Maybe throw in a pick. <laughs> <laughs> it, would be the most epi- it would be the most epic NBA p- plot twist of all time. It'd be, yeah. out of, it'd be out of this world. Yeah, you know, LeBron's just, you know, obviously he's, he's very, um, he's got roots in Los Angeles. And for his career to be upended in that way, I think would put a smile on a lot of faces out there. Um, and, you know, from New Orleans, it's it's not ridiculous, right? New Orleans, you get LeBron fucking James. People are coming to, you know, all of a sudden they're filling up the uh, Smoothie King Center or whatever the arena's called yeah. down there. Uh, He's under you know, contract for four years. Yeah, they're putting bums <laughs> on seats. You've got LeBron James. It's a, it's a great outcome for New Orleans. And the Lakers compare Anthony Davis with this young talent. You know, I think the, the the way to get the best out of the young talent they've got there is not by, you know, sticking them with LeBron James, but it's by putting with with a guy who can get in the paint, he can dish out to open shooters. Um, you know, you can put him in the pick and roll with Lonzo Ball. There's a, a lot of good that can come out of that. We won't spend a lot of time on it because it's never going to happen, but I I feel like that is an actual really good... Um, that is the scenario. only scenario in which I'd be happy. I'm honestly with you, Joe. I think long-term they're screwed. I think, I think however however this breaks down, if they get him, that they're mortgaging their future and their limit. They have got a, a championship window, but a very small one. So I think it could go wrong. But I probably is worth mentioning that they could realistically next season have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kevin Durant. So Yeah. Uh, well, mm. I don't know about the Kevin Durant part, mm, but they maybe could. They, they could. Look, Look, here's how Anthony Davis gets there. If he says to the Pelicans, if he says, look, that is the only place I'm going to sign an extension. That is the only scenario in which he's getting traded to the Lakers. It's the only one. It's the, honestly, it's the only one in which actually we aren't trading for him. Like, as much as it makes me sad to say. Um, because we can top anything else. We just can. Our guys are better. You know? Um, yeah. So, on our guys, what does Jason Tatum need to do between now and the offseason to make himself untouchable in this scenario? What can he do to make himself untouchable? Yeah, in this trade situation where obviously he's kind of the guy that we have over everybody else, right? As well as some of our picks, you know, we can say, well, hang on a second. Like, we're willing to consider throwing in Jason Tatum. That's why the Pelicans should wait and trade with us rather than trade with the Lakers right now. Like, Jason Tatum is, I... is what puts us over everyone else. What, what does Jason Tatum need to do on the court or otherwise, predominantly on the court, to make himself untouchable where we say, I don't care about Anthony Davis. Screw Anthony Davis. We're keeping Jason Tatum. But what does he need to do to put himself in that, mm. in that position? He would have to be, become a player of similar output, at least for the remainder of season, as Anthony Davis. To, to be perfectly honest, like I mean, even if there's probably a threshold, maybe just below that, where you can be like, "Look, it's his second year as an NBA player, and he's putting up these kind of numbers." Forget that. So that's anywhere from I don't know, it's, it's speculation and whatnot. But like, I think I, unless it's like something absolutely out of this world, I don't think he ever becomes untouchable. I think the beauty of of the beauty or the curse, or however you want to look at it, of of, of this team is that no one is really untouchable. You know, you could all go at any point. But um, I I feel as if 
we can we can have AD if we want if Tatum is involved, but I also feel that they may not necessarily want to trade to Tatum because they feel that he could be better than AD one day, and that may not necessarily be the case. But it's I I don't I don't think that his destiny is in his own hands unless it's something astronomically amazing. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't feel like Tatum's destiny is in his own hands. Unless his production is just out of yeah, I, I think I, th- I think it has to be it has to be like an absurd level of, of it, an explosion of production over the next re- the rest of the regular season in the playoffs. See, yeah, that's, other, other than that, other than that, he's he's always going to be a piece. That's tough though, right? Because on the team that he's on with all these pieces, like he's never going to be able to do that. So he needs yeah. to be able to he's, show that he's, he's untouchable he's not by just, other means. Yeah, he's not just a, a piece; he's the piece. Really, the, I don't think the deal gets done without Tate a minute. And that's our call, really. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I th- I think you're probably right. Um, although you know, as as was noted in the game game through today, Jalen Brown's had been pretty productive for the last really since. Yes, he, came he back has. From, since he came back, since he came back from injury, he's been playing pretty good. Um, so you know, so that's good. That's good. That that helps to um revive his value a little bit. But I, I think I'd like to think NBA front offices have, you know, slightly longer attention spans than we do, but maybe they don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some don't, I bet. <laughs> I still think, yeah, I think it's likely that, that Tatum's got to go. Um, it, um, like that's what makes it, that's, I mean, we still have to beat the Lakers offer, right? Like we can't, you know, maybe, or at least tie it. We've got to at least tie the Lakers offer and, and that might require um, Tatum. Um, I I guess I'm okay with that, you know. Um, Tatum Tatum's a phenomenal prospect. I think he's a better prospect than Brown for sure. But he's not core to our identity. And like I'd I'd be it sounds stupid, but I'd be way more loath to let Marcus Smart go. It's I, I'm probably gonna get flamed for that. And I'm I'm probably being unreasonable. Nah, there, that's no, probably fair. Not that's an probably un- fair. uncommon take out there at the moment between Twitter and Reddit. I yeah, it's tough. It's tough, right? Like I've really gone off my notes here because there's just so much information out there. We, there. We called it a tornado before. Like it's hard to maintain a structure discussing all of this. Like there's just information coming from everywhere, from everyone. There's so many takes out there. It's it's a lot going on. Um, so I, I guess like maybe we can we can list it, you know, in terms of best case scenarios, starting at the the best and you know work your way down. So if there if there's some way, right, that Boston can end up after all of this is done with Tatum, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis all on the same team somehow, right? That's your three-piece core. I, I think that that is the best-case scenario. How, however you make that happen, whatever other pieces you need to, to move, yeah. however That's much in the future question. you need to I could, I could I could live with Kyrie, Davis, and Smart. I could also live with Kyrie, Davis, and Tatum. I couldn't live without Kyrie, Davis, without either of those two. Unless, yeah. some, unless there's something else that I can't think of, something that's... Where's yeah. Horford in here in these? Are we assuming that Horford's out? Like I still, man, I've kind of I've had I've had mixed feelings on Horford this year because I think he's been he's looked a little older. Yeah, but, hard to um, feel bad at the moment. Yeah, he's killing it. Like you know, these big games show how good he is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I, like you know, I think it is. I think he's just essential. And and um. There's a little bit of overlap with her, him and Davis' skill set in terms of them both not being pure bangers. Neither one of them really wants to play the five. Um, but, um, yeah, my, for my, what's my best scenario? Um, man, like, 
I'm okay. I'm not like that opposed to the idea of trading, you know, of Kyrie going in this if it if it had to be like that. Mm, I'm not, honestly not. Um, I, I I don't think that'll happen. Um, and I get why management wouldn't do that, but um, yeah, like I guess someone's gonna be a scorer, Tatum or Kyrie. You know, like I feel like Tatum may not wind up being full Tatum. In, in that environment, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm projecting too much into. That. I, I can't know, right? But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think like you only kind of give up the war chest if it's like the result is that you compare AD and Kyrie together, right? Like otherwise, what's the point? Like AD and Kyrie probably seem like a duo that can really contend for a title. Like that's a extremely top heavy level of talent, and in the Eastern Conference, that's going to go a long way like i wouldn't i don't think i can think of a better duo in the east if you can put those two together somehow despite the depth and benches and and all of that to to briefly touch on that warriors game imagine that warriors game we played with anthony davis in instead of gordon (laughs) hayward (laughs) yeah you know unfortunately quite a few other guys as well but yeah yeah yeah, well, I think that's a different result. But again, that's something just... Pff, never mind, never mind. I disregard that comment. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's worthwhile bringing up. But uh, so in terms of other scenarios, so the other one that's it's been quite popular whizzing around the place uh, in the last few hours has been, you know, if obviously this is a, maybe a, uh, a bad time to bring this up, but if, if Gordon Hayward somehow all of a sudden starts to regain his form and, and becomes something that at least looks like will become... Gordon Hayward of old next year, then that's when giving up Tatum becomes a little bit more like, oh, okay, so we could have like, you know, OG Gordon Hayward, we could have Kyrie Irving, and we could have Anthony Davis as a, a big three essentially, which is echoes of of '08 almost. Um, oh. That's when you can, that's when you start to give up, you know, picks and and younger players and stuff like that because you know you've got this good like yeah. almost veteran core essentially, right? But Gordon Hayward, like, unfortunately, just seems so far away from potentially even yeah. getting close to that. Do you know? I think if Gordon Hayward wasn't going through the struggles that he had. And let's just say that leg break never happens last year. Who knows what we would look like? But I don't think we even... Even Danger isn't deterred to, to trade. I don't think they're interested in a trade at all if we have full health Gordon Hayward, full health Kyrie Irving, Smart Brown. That, that lineup that we all wanted to work. If that worked how we wanted it to work, I don't think we'd have the record we'd have now. And I don't think we'd even... We would even dare try and disrupt that. But again, that's that's... Bit of fantasy there, but um, I, I think Hayward. I think Hayward. Yeah, I think Hayward's. I think Hayward's um level of production where he is versus what we would like him to be or what we want him to be is um probably one of the only things keeping this trade alive for us or keeping us in it. Maybe, yeah. Although if Hayward was the dude, like if let's say Hayward was full Hayward, I mean at that point, honestly, like a straight up Hayward for Davis trade isn't like isn't that far out of the realm of possibility, right? Yeah. Like, it'd be Davis. Like, yeah. you'd go Hayward plus well, you, yeah. plus You're... picks, man. Like, honestly, it would be better than anything yeah. else. Like, Hayward's still young, you know? Um, yeah. And that, if, you could get, if you could get a lineup that's Kyrie, Davis, Smart, Tatum, and Brown, like, shit. Yeah, that, you'd do that in a second. But, yeah, I don't, who, I don't know if that'll ever be in a position to happen or be a reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Look, there's a lot of possibilities, uh, and look, we're <laughs> we're going to hear a lot about it from a lot of different people for potentially a long time, at least up until the trade deadline, which we said is ten days away, if not till the end of the season. A couple of random points 
uh, user King of Pants wrote a, a long post on the. Um, that was a post by me actually about um, how much is too much to give up for Anthony Davis, and it wrote a long uh, multi-point comment. One of the points was, "What if we got Porzingis for Horford plus our war chest of picks? Like, as in, like, are we? Do we need to focus our efforts solely on Anthony Davis, or like, is it time to start thinking about amidst this whirlwind about you know other assets that we could pick up for a for a cheaper price that would put us over the top? Not not a bad idea, maybe." Um, poorly timed given the um, you know what's what's being discussed at the moment but um, we don't necessarily have to solely focus our efforts on uh, one Anthony yeah. Davis no nah, no nah, there's other dudes out there Durant's mm, out yeah. there Durant will be out there if you want him <laughs> <laughs> well yeah next year right as a free agent yeah that's yeah, amazing there was, there was some chatter about that a, about yeah. a month ago wasn't there I think yeah. there was a, a Windus comment one of the GMs was like, "Hey, don't be surprised if the Celtics clear some space and uh, look to look to sign it." Look to sign yeah, Durant. Windhorse was also saying today, like at every opportunity, he was yeah. on Zach Lowe's podcast. Kyrie Irving to the Lakers, which kind he of, was totally uh, winding that up, which is so yeah. odd for him. I'm amazed that's, like, that's yeah. still going. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, it just seemed. Yeah, it's like he said, Joe. That seemed odd because he's he's normally like it's quite a lot of integrity to his takes, and that mm. just seemed like way out of left field. But uh, the Zinger thing, which is what King of P- Pants referred to. I don't know, like, that doesn't help us at the moment because Zinger's not even on the court. Like, that's not going to help us for our goal, which still, I think, remains to the state to win a title this year or at least really, really, you know, give it our all to do so. Um, so maybe it's better for future-proofing our franchise, but at the moment, I just I don't think that, that works for us, whereas AD does. Yeah. Uh, he's, it, it, it is pretty phenomenal. Like, as much as I've gone, you know, I've, you know, talked about um, the reasons why I don't feel great about it, like, He's 25 years old and so accomplished. Like, it is just unprecedented, yeah. really. Like, they talk about Abdul-Jabbar being the only one, only, you know, equivalent um, sort of trade uh, trade target that's ever come up. It's probably right. So, uh, the Blazers could offer quite a substantial package. CJ McCollum, Nurkic, Collins, and a first for AD and Solomon Hill's negative value contract, which would be a pretty even deal. Yeah. That'd be mm, cool. I'd be happy. Yeah, look, if... Jackson, how do you feel about this, man? Are you sort of like, you know what? If he doesn't go to the Lakers, I'm happy. You know, he doesn't have to come here, but if he doesn't go to the Lakers, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Um. Still don't know. Still don't know how I feel about it. It's so much fun to speculate, and it's so much fun to look at it how it might fall out either way. But I mean, it would be the the two funniest scenarios by far is the first one that you mentioned, Joe, is that it all goes a bit Brooklyn Nets up circa 2014-15 for the Lakers and uh, they give up everything for a team that just doesn't work and with the Warriors still dominating and a lot of other young and upcoming teams like maybe the Phoenix Suns in a few years, God knows, um, <laughs> and they just aren't the top dogs anymore and they've mortgaged their future and all goes to shit. That would be so funny. Um, but it would also be funny just to see them straight <laughs> right. up lose out. It would be so funny to see him go to the Clippers if he wanted <laughs> yeah. to go there too. And just to see the Lakers just standing around going, whoa, whoa, it was, it was you meant to do like, It would be a shit show and I would love it to death. Um... And if we got him on our team, it'd be great as well too. But yeah, like honestly, I don't know. I don't know what I want to happen with this whole thing. I'm just, I'm just up for it. I'm up for the ride. Put it that way. I would like to fantasize on top of the Lakers situation just for a moment. And I know we've got some some actual current Celtics versus Nets news to get to. But Anthony Davis, <laughs> he goes he goes to the Lakers. They give up basically everything by LeBron, and somehow at the same time sign enough free agents to to make the numbers work so that they still have 15 men left on the roster. And then they get, you know, taken out by the Warriors for one, two, maybe three years until Anthony Davis's contract is up. 
he becomes frustrated with LeBron and the, the losing culture there in Los Angeles and all of a sudden is an unrestricted free agent and signs with the Boston Celtics. We don't have to give up anything other than ditching a bit of a salary cap space, which at that point, Hayward's coming off the books. Horford's coming off the books. All of a sudden, we've got this extra money. Um, you know, we talked about ideal best case scenarios. Living in a fantasy land here, but, um, you know, I can only dream. Playing right? the long game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we've, it's pretty much run its race there, right? Like, if we're getting yeah. to fantasy uh, ideas, then uh, it's time to move on. <laughs> We've done pretty well for, for day one, day zero zero one of the Davis saga. <laughs> it's pretty concise, yeah. I think. I, yeah. uh, I, um, I think I woke up at about 4 a.m. this morning and saw, like, actually, La Bird had messaged me being like, dude, like, what do you think of this? And I uh, did not go back to sleep after that. So it's been a long day of, uh, of chasing uh, all of this news. So... Uh, look, anyway, lots to think about, lots to digest. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back to talk about the Nets game and, of course, the Reddit recap. All right, welcome back. We did, in fact, have a game against the Nets today in Boston where we beat the Nets 112 to 104. Pretty tough game to focus on, given, first of all, that I was at work, and second of all, that all the stuff with Anthony Davis was going on. But there were a few points to take from the game. Uh, The Celtics follow the all-too-familiar formula of hot start, cool down, and allow subpar team to crawl back into the game, which we've seen time and time again this season. But where this game differed, I think, is, uh, and we're seeing a bit more of this lately, is in the fourth quarter and winning time. Our guys dialed it up and, and closed the game out in the end, whereas normally I feel like we would continue to struggle um, so there's some different output that we're seeing from the Celtics team that we didn't see a few weeks back. Yeah, it was it was a weird game, particularly against the backdrop of the Anthony Davis stuff. You know, it was all in the back of everyone's mind. You know, there was a point I was watching the game where I thought like, you know, we're, we're more like we're the Boston assets today. You know, <laughs> Kyrie's not out there. Everyone here basically can just be, you know, flicked in a, in a trade. So I had to kind of get past that. But I mean, it, it was a bit of a weird game, to be perfectly honest. Like, it was one, it, one of those ones where it looked like we were going to run away with it, then Brooklyn just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. The third quarter was almost a carbon copy of the game we had a couple of weeks back where D'Angelo Russell just couldn't miss and just looked possessed. And I think it was another 38-point third or something like that. But you're right about the fourth, man. We got it together when it mattered. And um, I mean, I think Al Horford continued his really solid play on the back of that massive performance against... Golden State that really deserved a win. Uh, he had seven blocks, almost got a triple-double with, uh, with blocks in that category. Uh, also, uh, I think it was a franchise high, uh, 18 blocks as well, too. And considering the Time Lord wasn't out there, I find that quite remarkable. If he was out there, we'd be probably plus 20. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's some, some bizarre sequences of play, but overall, it was a good, solid win. I think it was needed, particularly after that, after that Warriors loss, to get the, the, home, the home winning streak back underway. Yeah, I, I don't think it, for me, it didn't fall into the category of bad win um, because, you know, like I, I, I sort of saw a bit of the, most of the last quarter and it, and we sort of did that thing where we got up by 15, um, but then it sort of threatened to get, like for me, eight eight points is like the line. Like once you get below eight points, your your lead's not a, it's not a 10, you know how, you, I guess it kind of put leads into buckets, like there's a 10 point lead and there's a 15 point lead and and, and there's a five-point lead. And once it gets below eight, it's sort of in the five-point bucket, and that's too close. Mm, um, yep. we, we, we kept it out of that. We kept the game. We kept them at arm's length, um, which was just a professional win. I, I, I thought it was a relatively professional win um, from yeah. what I saw. 
I kind of felt like we did the bare minimum in order to to get this done, and that's kind of what I touched on before. Like I, we had attempted to do that to teams of this caliber early in the season, and like we just we just couldn't coast that way. Like we weren't like um, cohesive enough as a team and performing well enough yeah. as as a unit to do that. And now it seems like we can. And you know that coupled with the fairly positive performance we put together against the Warriors, like, I feel like there's a, a lot more to be encouraged about lately than there is to be disappointed about that, that maybe got lost today in all the the whirlwind mm-hmm. of trade rumors and it was a, it was a solid you know Kyrie-less win as well too you know we, 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 when we play teams at home without Kyrie we actually don't, really don't look deterred um unless it's like a really quality opposition of course but um you know it followed that same kind of lines like Aaron Baines I think took five threes in the first half and made two of them um yeah, so it was it was again a solid win, not a bad one. Um, I mean, what D'Angelo Russell didn't play any of the fourth for some yeah, reason. Weird. Yeah, and there was a guy on RNBA telling me that like you know Kenny Atkinson does mm. this does this weird shit all the time on a back to back. So I have no idea what that's about. But man, I reckon if if he'd stayed in the game and he'd stayed hot, that would have been a that would have been a far far stressful uh, last few minutes than um or last quarter in, in at all, to be honest than it was. Yeah, that that might have influenced it for sure. Um, but um, I I sort of felt like at that point in the time I felt like the Celtics really took the game to them. Um, you know, there was a lot of there were a lot of deflections. Smart was being full Cobra. I, I I sort of feel like at that point, at that point we were probably gonna close that game out against whoever that. I, I, like yeah, hypotheticals. Who knows? But. Um, but yeah, I, I was I felt like it was a solid win. I felt like the um, Golden State game was a solid loss. You know, like it was a you know it was I wasn't wasn't upset with the game at all. Um, so so that's good. Put you know so we're up to what would we win five straight and then um, it was a good loss. About as good a loss as you can get. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. It was fine. You're gonna lose some of those games, and it was a credible outing, and it showed us that you know we can play big in big moments. And that was cool. Um, so you know like. After that sort of four-game swoon, we just kind of need to build back a little bit of consistency. And, um, and you know, it's more data points. We've got 30 games left, guys. Um, we are starting to get a semblance of what this team really is. And it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not as bad as what I thought. Maybe it's some of its worst moments, but, um, but it's getting there. Yeah, not as bad as we thought it might have been at this point. Um, mm. certainly not as good but I feel like we're sort of starting to trend in the right direction and, and it's this combination of like yeah we are getting a bit better but also our expectations are slowly being brought down to a point where it's mm. you know it's at a reasonable level and those kind of things sort of leveling out or balancing out together leading to a, I guess just a more like manageable lifestyle as a Celtics fan to, yeah, for yeah, lack totally. of a better term some interesting stat lines Marcus Smart in the absence of Kyrie Irving took 10 threes made four of them which you know pretty good for marcus martin now a, a league average or slightly above league average shooter uh five steals seven assists and only two turnovers 21 points uh and user greaves posted on the post game thread i no- i noticed that useless ass haywood is plus 11 with the squad that usually falls <laughs> apart same squad that for over a year had gigantic issues being productive remember those second quarters but now nah, let's hate him for getting injured and not recovering enough yet really can't Reiterate enough how sick some of you make me. Referring to <laughs> Celtics yeah. Reddit, the useless general. ass Hayward must be uh, must have been sarcastic. I didn't get that until late, towards the end there. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Hayward was 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 a negative again. We're, we're, 
like been at nauseum about Gordon Hayward, and like I think I accept the situation as is that he's still recovering. So two points is if this is what he's going to give you, that's what he's going to give you. But I didn't think he was useless. I thought he had some decent playmaking moments. I thought he defensively he was okay. You know, again, you don't want this for a max player, but circumstances wise, you know, it is what it is. Man, with Hayward, I just want to see him be aggressive. I, like, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't care what he does. I just want to see him be a flipping mongrel out there, you know? Just do anything to get yourself going. Take some terrible shots, like, as long as they're aggressive. I, I just love to see him just... I just want to see him just change his mentality, eh? Um, once he does that, like, I'll... I'll, I'll my optimism yeah. levels will be on the rise. But if I don't see that, and, like, we're getting... Like, we're five-eighths of the way through the season, right? Like, almost six, we're 60% probably almost bang on through the season. It's, it's, it's time, man. It's time. If it's not yeah. going to happen, if it's going to happen this year, it's got to start happening soon. Yeah. You know? it, it only feels like yesterday that we were sort of saying, oh, you know, it's only been, you know, it's early in the season. It's only December. Like, it's only been 20 games. And, like, here yeah. we are, like, well past the halfway point. Like, come on, Gordia. It's time to switch it on. Uh, I guess, I don't know. It's easy to become impatient, but... Uh, we've talked about this time and time again, so we don't we don't need to go back into the whole injury situation and what that yeah. re- recovery might look like. But yeah. it's but safe plus to say eleven. That's what he was saying. Plus eleven. Yeah. It's not all yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Winning plays. I don't know, but it, it's <laughs> safe to say that we're good with Gordon Hayward. The current iteration of Gordon Hayward probably be great if it gets any better. So uh, that's a positive outlook, right? That we're totally. already pretty good and we'll be a lot better if, if Gordon Hayward returns to any sort of of his former self so I don't know as long as it happens by April but at this point yeah, it's, it's found money at this point though right like that's that's yeah. that's where we're at eh? yeah yeah mm. I mean he's he's paid for he's on the books we just got to root for him we, we don't really have any other choice unless we can <laughs> no, somehow yeah. package him up for you, uh you'd for you never you never know the playoffs just might bring it out of him I know it's a stretch but you just you just never know what happens to a player in situations like that so it could be it could be one of the best feel good comeback stories of the year and it would be absolutely glorious and that's still possible as as unlikely as it seems it's still possible yeah absolutely a couple of stat line shout outs from today al horford fourteen points eleven boards five assists six blocks uh dude has been balling out lately that's been really good to see a preview of playoff hour which I love but like genuinely hope that he kind of regresses a little bit and just kind of like all right buddy like you're good we we know like take it easy <laughs> we need you for the playoffs like all right cool nice to know that like you're still in there somewhere dial it back a little bit like save it we're gonna need you later on in the year uh Jalen brown as well nine for 16 from the field a plus mm-hmm. 13 21 points uh, a couple of assists six rebounds uh very efficient um very um, just decisive with his play and just looked strong off the bench. And I know there's a lot of argument out there as to whether or not Jalen Brown should potentially like replace Mook in the starting lineup. Now, I, I don't agree with that, right? Like, you know, Mook, had, he might have gone cold a little bit. He might be regressing some. But one of the, the pluses of this is that Hayward is, sorry, Hayward, Jalen Brown is, is, is settling into his bench role. He's finding himself in that role. And so why would we now that he's finally finding himself there, take him away from that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, Look, he's going to get that role next year, right? If you know, um, it shouldn't be yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. You know. Yeah. But like under the ordinary course of things, he would next year. I think it's, this is good. It's a good year for Jalen Brown um, to learn what his strengths are. User Larbird thirty three. Shout out to Larbird. Wrote, I have been extremely impressed by Marcus Smart's league average offense this season. <laughs> <laughs> Which Just sounds like an insult, but it's totally not. <laughs> 
That's actually yeah. saying, like, like, God, can you imagine there was only a season ago where, like, can you imagine if Marcus Smart was just a league average scorer? He'd be amazing. Guess what? He is. He is amazing. And he was amazing then, and he's even more amazing now. So, yeah. Yeah. He had a no-look steal today. Like, he, he stole the ball complete without looking, uh, and then, like, tore ahead of... Um, the guy who looks like that guy from Star Trek, uh, Damari Carroll. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then he almost clear path fouled him, but it was just a great play. Um, I've got to give another shout out to Reddit user JKF13 who wrote start Jalen. Obviously, I meant to say that earlier when I mentioned the idea of starting Jalen, but um, he's the guy who put it into my head. So thank you, JKF13. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the Reddit recap now. And user Airmag Swag has wrote, well, now is the time for us to move up in the seedings. Which um, and we haven't spoken about this yet, but there was a very unfortunate injury to Victor Oladipo that happened a few days ago. Um, mm. So you know, obviously prayers up and, and all of that stuff. Hopefully his uh, his recovery is going well and he returns to his former glory. But that does put the Pacers in a unfortunate situation where they're going to drop a few games and they have dropped a few games and and Philly have not been doing so well themselves. So user Air Mag Swag uh, posted five hours ago as of. Uh, the time that we're recording this podcast. Um, it basically writes, you know, we're still in the fifth seed. Uh, we're only a, a game back from the Sixers in fourth and 1.5 games back from Indiana in third. Uh, and then lists the schedule for each team. And I'm not going to read out each game that each team has ahead, but suffice to say, we've got an easier schedule ahead compared to the other two teams. So, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, it might be worthy to shift one's focus to the fact that we could expect over the next month or so to really jump up into the fourth or the uh, third seed, which, um, you know, from a playoff perspective is obviously yeah. pretty spicy. It was funny. Pacers had a stretch earlier this season without Oladipo and they didn't miss a beat. Like that was, that was yeah. they just looked fantastic. So when Oladipo went down, I'm like, well, it's not a given that they're going to be bad, but I just feel yeah, like exactly. the devastating, the nature of the injury, um, the, the, the timing of it coming in the season, the fact that he's already been through that. I wonder if it's just going to be, uh, like just two, like at this stage of the season, if that's going to be something that that group of players is going to struggle with. So I fully expect within, let's say, six games to be the fourth seed, if not the third seed. I think Indy's about to go on a slide, which is su- sucks for them because Oladipo was having a great season. But um, I think this is the moment. Yeah, I agree with this guy. This is the moment where we, uh, I think we, uh, we get a home court spot at least for round one. Yeah, I think we're better than um, Philly, and I. You know, we should be ahead of them right now. We would be if we didn't, you know, like screw up against Orlando or, you know, like just those boneheaded games. Um, we're better than them. And at some point that's got to show. Um, Indy, be interesting. We, we we sort of don't know what they are, you know. Now, either they're they're kind of an unproven thing. You would assume that they're a little bit worse. But, um, yeah, I, I wonder whether that team... It just might be a little bit like last year's Celtics, you know? Kyrie goes out, Hayward goes out, things keep rolling. They're, especially in the regular season, right? It doesn't mean they won't have some holes that can get poked in the in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, um, there's a good chance we'll overtake them. Um, if I had to put money on it, that's what I'd put money on. But um, I'm not as certain of that. But I, I feel like Philly, I just think we're better. And I don't know why we aren't ahead of them already. It's just got to, It's you know, um, there's got to be a regression to the mean there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's still early days. The, the the Pacers have lost their two games since the Oladipo injury, including one against the Grizzlies. Um, so, you know, I guess a shock that sort of reverberates through the team that might um, 
like dip their morale and and cause them to lose a few games before they finally pick it up and, and find some of that form that you referred to in terms of them playing quite successfully without Oladipo earlier in the season. Um, but it certainly had a detrimental effect to their squad uh, early on. And, you know, obviously not, not cheering for that. I'm not in any way happy about the depot injury. But um, in terms of a seeding conversation about the Celtics, that, that is starting to... to uh, move the needle a little bit, so it's worth mentioning. We did already touch on the other thing that we had listed for the Reddit recap, which was a post by Larbird33. His name's come up a few times tonight. Um, probably no surprise given the recent collaboration between the the, the two of us. But, we're, just, um, we're just playing buddy ball out here. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, well, you know, Celtics podcast sort of community, right? So Celtics Reddit podcast community. So the shout-outs are, um, are common at the moment, which is no surprise. He, he wrote, am I the only one here who feels like this ruins the season, referring to the, the AD trade situation. And we, we've already recapped this in great detail. I'm not going to read out the whole thing. Um, but, you know, it's on there. It's on Celtics Reddit. Um, go check it out because he really gives you that, that fan perspective of, you know, what we touched on earlier and that this is kind of an enjoyable season and, and this, this build-up is happening as we start to find ourselves, like as we head towards the playoffs. And that has felt like, Recently, that's going to be a really rewarding journey that when we get to the end of it, when we get to the playoffs, like it might reach um, like a precipice and we, we find our form just as we need it, essentially. And this is an unfortunate like dagger in your side that, that's sort of distracting yeah. us from focusing on that. So I don't know what saying there. It, it, it's, I don't know if it's been a, a totally enjoyable season. It's been a very bipolar up and down roller coaster season. And I think this argument, <laughs> although it is kind of overtaken everything that's in basketball right now, I think it's just another another bump, another subplot that goes into it. I mean, it's 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 not the season that we thought it would be so far, but there's still a lot of it to go left. So, yeah, I mean, to have this kind of saga that's coming in now, I'm just going to repeat myself as before too. Is unfortunate, but hey. If 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 it gets done in the next couple of days, we don't have to worry about any of this. So hey, fingers crossed, I guess. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I'm. I guess the um the upshot of it is that I genuinely would be fine if Anthony Davis got traded anywhere other than the Lakers, or if he got traded to the Lakers for LeBron. That would be so good. Still, yeah. uh, that would. Just... What if he went to Toronto? Or what if Philly. he went to the Raptors or Philly? Honestly, like fine like anywhere but the yeah. lakers i just hate incompetence being rewarded like that and and like i just i just ah oh, it just drives me crazy that lebron just does this thing all that the time dickhead. like dickhead. yeah but just like man just win properly win properly you know um man anyway yeah i uh... I would much prefer him to go to the Lakers than I than I would for him to go to Toronto or Philly because he goes to the Lakers and it's like, all right, good riddance, right? See you later. Have fun battling the, the juggernauts of the West where if he, if he goes to Philly, he goes to Toronto. That puts an immediate and potentially long-term damper on any potential success that the Celtics would have. Not only do we not get Anthony Davis, we get him, you know, doing us over in the playoffs for the foreseeable future. So go to LA, do your dance with the Brum, ultimately lose to the Warriors. That's fine. It's it's out of our realm of concern. If he goes to Philly, if he goes to Toronto, that that's big problems for us as a team in the immediate future. That would be a huge bummer. Just go to Portland for the fun of it. Everyone <laughs> yeah, sure. It'll be great. It'll yeah. be great. Portland's it's a funky sound out there in Portland. See, yeah, our rivals getting great players doesn't bother me. And I guess the reason for that is it comes back to... Like, I keep coming back to stories. Like, it doesn't bother me that we have a team that knocks off some giants. Like, I'm cool with that, mm. you know? Um, Good villain. I, I don't look at 
Toronto, I think Toronto is a great organization. You know, like I actually want to see an organization like Toronto be, I'd love it if they were our rival for ages. You know, like that to me, um, that's what makes it thrilling. I don't want to cakewalk to the, like I would hate to be a Golden State Warriors fan right now. To me, Durant signing there would have just ruined that team in the experience of cheering for a team that you saw grow together, you know? Um, yeah, it's dirty. It's like you said earlier. It's it filthy. It is, man. Yeah. It's blood money. Ugh. It's a 2K team. Yeah. <laughs> the 2K team, we need to turn off like all the salary rules and just like go for <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, look, I, I suspect we'll be talking about this again as soon as the next episode that we put out. There's a lot of content out there, way too much for us to cover tonight. We, we started the podcast talking about it. We, we ended the podcast talking about it being the Anthony Davis situation. We're going to wrap this up in a second. Any sort of final takes? Any any cherries on the proverbial cake that you want to offer the, the people, the people of Celtic Reddit before we wrap this one up? Buckle up. This is going to be exhausting. It's <laughs> not going it to be pleasant. Like, it's etching. Yeah. It's not going to be that was, much fun as a fan. I woke up at 7 a.m. this morning to this news. By 9.54 a.m., I was two and a half podcasts down and some YouTube clips, and I was already <laughs> well sick of it. Well, sick of it. I've enjoyed talking about it now. It's been this has been a lot of fun, but yeah, I've um, I've been, I was over it less than three hours after it being in my world. So yeah, buckle up, indeed. Yeah, it's been a long day. I, I certainly got no work done, um, and it's it's been good to sort of finally sit down and talk to you guys about it because uh, it's just been buzzing around my head. And like I've said a few times, like I don't know anyone out there in my in my IRL life um, who cares <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to tell my wife about it and she, was, she didn't understand the significance I have an IRL life <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway good talks went a little long there but um, you know that's, that's the way these things go so um, yeah alright we've got the Hornets on Wednesday night we've got the Knicks on Friday night which is a Saturday here in the States uh, in the States in Australia really in looking Australian forward to states, um, right? <laughs> in the States of Australia United States uh, of Australia <laughs> I uh I can't wait to get up on uh Saturday morning and watch Kyrie just like go to town in Madison Square Garden, right? Like that's yes, um love yeah, morning plays. games. Yep, it's going to be good. And uh Super Bowl Sunday, go the Patriots, the Thunder. They play at 6 a.m. here in Sydney. Um uh obviously that's a, an afternoon game for you folks in the states there, but a, a nice little uh slate of games coming up where, you know, I would imagine we can take down the Hornets and the Knicks and the Thunder should be an exciting challenge ahead of the Super Bowl there. Yeah, it was the it was the pre Super Bowl game last year with Al Horford got that buzzer beater. So Portland, can, yeah, yeah, if we, can, well. if we can if we yeah. can have, if we can have another right. one like that, that would be that would be fantastic. And I don't actually, sorry Boston, but I don't actually go for the Patriots. I actually kind of go for the Rams. Sort Whoa. of. I'm an NF, I'm an NFL agnostic. I like the Rams when they were in St. Louis, but I like Baltimore for a little while. But I like the Patriots too because of the Boston thing. So, but whatever, go the Patriots. That's all right. We can edit that out. That, that's fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That will just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. If you do want to reach out to us, and we certainly encourage you to do so, you can follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod or go ahead and comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Please also subscribe, rate, share, and all of those wonderful things. We'll be back in a week or so. Jackson, Joe, it's been real. Thanks again, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah, Thanks for the couch, Tom. All right. Go Celtics. Go Pats. Peace. Peace.